welcome listeners to this episode of Block Tales. The Block Tales podcast enters its second season here in 2018 with more interviews, stories, and experiences by today's industry leaders. The blockchain economy is getting more attention than ever before, and as your host of the Block Tales podcast, I strive to ask all of the right questions that you, the listeners, need to know. With the mediocre rise in the use of blockchain technology and the resultant growth in crypto assets, investors are bombarded with the information and misinformation about the asset class, the investment products, and the reliable approach to valuation. At the same time, funds, exchanges, and regulators are grappling with the same issues as they seek to find protections and solutions for market participants around the world. Far From TV was a proud sponsor of this year's Wall Street and the Internet of Money show created by Crypto World. I was on site at the Intercontinental Hotel here in Times Square, and I had the opportunity to speak with panelists, speakers, special guests, and attendees. In this interview, I sit down with Christina Dolan, co-founder of IX Ledger Technologies, and their mission is to transform the way the market trades and manages insurance products by providing a marketplace based on blockchain. But first, let me tell you about Christina Dolan. Christina has a Master's of Media Arts and Science from the MIT Media Lab. She's the former president of the MIT Club of New York. She's a former member of the MIT Alumni Association Selection Committee. In 2013, Christina launched Dream It, Code It, Win It, a nonprofit organization to promote computer science education and reward that creativity with over $250,000 in cash and prizes. Christina has won two Silver Stevie Awards for Female Innovator of the Year and Female Executive of the Year. Christina is the chair of the MIT Enterprise Forum, and now she is leading IX Ledger in the blockchain disruption of the insurance industry. Thanks, Christina, so much for sitting down with us here at the conference. Why don't you tell us what's new with IX Ledger? Well, we just launched the New York office to cover the United States, and so I'm now spearheading that and building out the business in the United States. Congratulations. So I've changed, we've changed my title to president of the U.S. for IX Ledger. Excellent. Fantastic. And why don't you give us a brief overview of what IX Ledger is and then what you're doing here at the conference? So um, over a year ago, uh, my two co-founders, uh, Ingemar and Mikael, and I you know, got together and decided to launch uh, IX Ledger, which is basically a marketplace for insurance. The insurance industry is actually very data-driven, and while it hasn't had that much innovation over the course of the past few decades, like you know, financial services, uh, what's interesting about insurance is that it's very data-driven. Uh, my co-founder, Ingemar, uh, who is in the London office, was the former CTO at SunGuard, and Mikel and I also worked in the financial you know, services space as well. And so we kind of understand the trajectory that uh, the, the financial securities business took in terms of digitization and transformation. And so uh, what we're doing is that we're working on some very innovative uh, products that we are soon going to be uh, making some announcements on partnerships. But we've already partnered with, for example, Genri. We have uh, a partner, uh, Inns Chains in, um, in Asia, that's doing peer-to-peer insurance, and uh, Finexia X, which is also in, uh, in the Asia region as well, doing personal lines of insurance. Let's talk about disruption in the insurance business, mm-hmm. right? As you, as you sort of said, there hasn't been a lot of disruption in the insurance business, mm-hmm. but boy, it sure does seem like blockchain is really the product for, uh, for testing within insurance. Yes, and so what's interesting about um, blockchain itself is that it's it's really good at organizing data with um, sort of compliant workflows and visibility and auditability, and so it works well with financial products. As a matter of fact, I think 
over 50% of the innovation that has taken off in the blockchain space has been in financial service, financial services, and 25% of that um, is really focused on the insurance space. We're we're focusing on some really interesting areas within insurance and working with some large players because when when you start thinking about how insurance is also evolving in, in terms of parametric insurance, or you start thinking about you know some of these other more data-driven uh, models, then the idea of having things like programmable tokens or having access to lots of shards of data from a variety of different entities that play a role in decision making and making that visible. Um, you know, part of the uh, product that we're, uh, you know, product suite that we're offering is the ability for uh, people that are in the space to be able to see the workflow, right? There's a variety of entities that they're working with, data sources, uh, being able to have the visibility in terms of the marketplace. And so it actually works very well with the insurance space. How do you compete in an industry that A, is really young, mm -hmm. and B, doesn't have a lot of test case? It's interesting, though, because um, while people are saying that there aren't a lot of test cases, there are some implementations that are already in place uh, by you know, large organizations. I mean, obviously, IBM has talked about how they're already using internally, and there's some other Fortune 500 companies that are actually already using blockchain, and have actually disintermediated other organizations because they didn't want their data to be exposed to third parties because it's that brand risk, because uh, even if the, the the other entity loses the data, if it's their customers and they're the bigger company, they're the ones who are going to take the blame for that. So I, I actually do uh, think that the, the the ones that are actually implementing some interesting applications, because they don't, may not have a uh, economic token layer, uh, they're not getting as much visibility uh, in terms of media as maybe some of the you know, other companies that are raising tokens or getting involved on the economic side. But I think that um, this will be a very interesting year because, you know, those of us who have backgrounds in, you know, computer science and have been building systems, products, and companies and actually understand the programmability of these tokens and how they work in these ecosystems that are, you know, data in intensive um, are the ones that are going to be building these revolutionary uh, platforms. We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we're going to continue to hear more with our interview with Christine Dolan, co-founder of IX Ledger Technologies. I am your host, Tony Sklar, and you are listening to the Block Tales podcast here at the event Wall Street and in the Internet of Money. overall impression what are, you, what are you taking away from this I don't believe Bitcoin is the solution for the future it's not just a technology you're testing the whole economics incentive structure very interesting thing that my friend pointed out is this debate between the, the power that belongs to to work proof of work right and the power that's uh, that's coming from capital, right? Capital versus work. You're listening to a Better Mousetrap podcast, a joint production by Marcos Dinerstein and Far From TV. Our goal is to bring you closer to the blockchain community here in New York City. We'll cover your favorite blockchain topics and discussions, bring you industry perspective from local events, and show you the real side of New York entrepreneurs. Join us for some post-debate conversation from Grand Central Tech here in New York City. The topic today, the two most important 
consensus models in the blockchain world, proof of stake versus proof of work, the debate on consensus mechanisms. And here we have Mao Mao Hu of Quora. Good to see you. Good to see you, Marcus. Yeah. yeah. So it's a, it's a very interesting debate. I think the part at the end kind of sums it up, which is that when we're debating uh, like formalized proofs, in a sense that in formalized proofs, you tend to lose a lot of the edge cases you see that are actually very real dangers, like very real attacks that happen in the real world when you formalize too much. And the problem with proof of stake is that, you know, you don't have chains that are the size of Bitcoin that are proof of stake. And that seems to be a persistent, the biggest, I think, argument against proof of stake, that we just don't know what kind of attacks are out there that you can't predict with formal methods. For more interviews like this one, follow A Better Mousetrap podcast on Apple iTunes, Google Play, and SoundCloud. Subscribe to A Better Mousetrap newsletter. Every Monday morning, you'll get the best in events and opportunities for startup founders and tech workers. With so many events to choose from each week, we list only the most interesting tech events with a keen eye on the blockchain space. Go to bit.ly backslash mousetrap newsletter. That's B-I-T dot L-Y backslash mousetrap newsletter. You can follow us on Twitter at FarFromTV and please find us on Facebook, LinkedIn and Instagram. And don't forget about WeChat. Your support means a lot to us and we value your feedback. If you wish to send us a note, which you can do so on any of the social media platforms where you find us. And if you'd like to send us an email, please go right ahead and email us at info at FarFrom.TV. That's I-N-F-O at FarFrom.TV. Welcome back to this episode of Block Tales. I'm your host, Tony Sklar. I've been speaking with Christine Dolan, co-founder of IX Ledger here at the Wall Street and the Internet of Money show, where leading blockchain experts, funds, investment professionals, exchanges, and regulators discuss crypto assets and their impact on financial markets. How, do, how, how does the insurance industry gain critical mass using a product like IX Ledger, using a digital component that the end user mm -hmm. um, still doesn't really have access to a ease of use? Mm -hmm. Well, some of the blockchain implementations that are out there today, um, people aren't even aware that there's blockchain behind it, right? And so I actually see that the implementations will be handled in a way that's very similar to that, right? It's you know how it's architected in the back end and what that user interface is on the front end um, doesn't actually require that you understand the mechanics of, of blockchain and how the blocks are, are built but understanding that there is a, a mechanism that is capturing the data to create trust is actually very valuable uh, from sort of a partnership perspective and credibility. Um, how, do, how do we in the United States compare with let's say the UK where your company is headquartered? Well, uh, I think we were one of the, the first com companies in the UK to sort of pursue this so tokenized model uh, on the blockchain. And so we were sort of early in our, in our time frame. But um, I think that there's a lot of innovation all over the world. And one of the things that's really interesting about this technology is that you know, your ability to cross boundaries with, with these tokens for a more effective or efficient micropayment is, is sort of a revolutionary concept, right? So. Um, you know, most global trade happens in dollars, whether it be, you know, you know, trade or products, whether it be over the counter, whether it be, uh, you know, petroleum or ocean. Sure, yeah, uh, commodities or other exactly. goods and services. And we sort of have had that status um, since after World War II, right? Sure. 
But when you start thinking about utilizing these little tokenized um, ecosystem and the ability to be able to you know, utilize a token for payments across those networks and then use on and off ramps on exchanges into your own fiat currency, I think that in itself is a lot more disruptive than people will imagine, right? Because at the end of the day, it's like you don't have to go from your currency into dollars in order to participate in these existing uh, networks. You'll, you'll be going on and off these ramps with these, these tokenized payment mechanisms with you to buy and sell these little shards of what it, you know, services or whatever that might be. And that in itself is a, is a very different concept than what we have today. Christine, isn't it going to be difficult for companies to have to settle payments or for users to have to make payments with either multiple different cryptocurrencies or even fiat currencies through your system? So it's interesting. I, I mean, I think that the on and off ramps for um, cryptocurrencies uh, are um, not quite as advanced as, as they will be in, in a year or two. So I think there's a lot of innovation going on right there. But what's interesting is that, you know, the FX space is not a regulated space, right? right. Um, and so, but there's the whole science around how you manage your FX requirements globally in order to be able to pay for goods and services or, um, you know, other requirements for global entities, right? Um, what's interesting is that United States, you know, going back as far as Hamilton, has not rec you know, recognized other currencies, right? And so I guess you know, there's some debate as to what these things are. Are they commodities or, you know, securities, whatever they might be? Uh, but, but in essence, there are these multi-dimensional tokens that have the ability to be programmed to do a lot of different things in addition to payment, right? And so from that perspective, it, 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 it's a, a bit of a different um, entity than I would say your traditional fiat currencies and sure, FX. And sure so um, I, mean, I do predict that you will have you know, a futures desk just like the airlines have for buying fuel and oil. And then, you know, you still buy your tickets and dollars, right? And so the, these these economies are going to be very complex because they have all these different dimensions that these futures desks are going to have to take into consideration as they figure out what the requirements are. Finally, Christina, tell me a little bit about why it's important to be at, at conferences like Crypto World here. Well, it's interesting because I, I think that um, there's a lot written and there's a lot uh, said on stage at these conferences. But I think what's really interesting is when you attend these conferences and you talk to your peers that are in the audience and people are saying, you know, I came across this, you know, uh, problem or I'm trying to resolve this or do you know somebody who can right. do that? And those conversations take place a lot more freely in conferences like that, and also getting a, a bit more clarity on things that seem a little bit more dimensional in print. Fantastic, Christina. I really appreciate you taking the opportunity to speak with us here today at the conference. I hope we get a chance for an update again in the future. Oh, I look forward to it. Thank, thank you. Thank you so I, much for having me. Thank you. I have been speaking with Christine Dolan, co-founder of IX Ledger Technologies here at the Wall Street and the Internet of Money show put on by Crypto World at the Intercontinental Hotel in Times Square in New York City. I am your host, Tony Sklar, and this is a Block Tales podcast, a Far From TV production. Here at Far From TV, we deliver business and technology news, data and insights, as well as opinions from top industry leaders on what's hot and what's wrong with today's technology ecosystem. You can follow us on Twitter at Far From TV, and please find us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. And don't forget about WeChat. You can find all of the Far From TV podcasts on iTunes, Google Play, and SoundCloud. And when you find us and listen, please don't forget to give us a rating and a review. 
Your support means a lot to us, and we value your feedback. If you wish to send us a note, which you can do so on any of the social media platforms where you find us, and if you'd like to send us an email, please go right ahead and email us at info at farfrom.tv. That's I-N-F-O at farfrom.tv.